Blog Talk Radio. This is Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Good evening, everybody. We are on the air. We are live. This is indeed Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Monday night, April the 15th, 2019. Erwin R. Scheister says that all of you, all of you idiots and ingrates must pay your taxes. And I hope you all did that and took care of that on this tax day. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We are in the house. Got some loose ends to tie up over the last few weeks and we're going to have a long 90 minute show to tie up those loose ends indeed we got a little wrestlemania recap we got some march madness recapping to do it was a crazy crazy basketball tournament and we got to catch a little bit of that live together uh during our trip to chicago for our fantasy baseball draft which we will also uh get to that uh, you can hear jason's a little under the weather he's playing hurt tonight um which leads right into what in the world is going on weather-wise up there where you are in, in central Wisconsin in the Midwest. It's, it's, it's crazy. Every time you turn around, it's, it feels like there's another blizzard up there. Uh, yeah, Thursday we uh, had another 11 inches of snow here on Thursday. And uh, that it, it was a deceiving 11 inches of snow. I think if you actually like walked outside with the yardstick and stuck it in the snow, it would not have totaled 11 inches because it was so thick and so heavy and filled with so much ice that it, mm. it was it just piled on onto everything. Like you like we couldn't even run out our snowblower because you could walk on top of the snow without snowshoes. And uh, actually, I had to drive to work at that on uh, Thursday morning. So it was one of the longest drives I've ever had to work. My It was double the time it normally takes me to get to work. And I drove through, let's see, wind, snow, rain, ice, thunder and lightning, fog. I, mean, I pretty much drove through all four <laughs> seasons in a 40-mile uh, drive. So so it was quite quite interesting, quite exciting. Um I'm glad it's over. Uh, it's going to be 60 degrees here tomorrow. So it was just one of those quick late spring storms uh, that kind of that kind of clipped us and made things a mess here for a few days. But yeah, there's still there's still piles of snow out on the area. And this is, of course, right after everything had just melted, right? So you're finally getting down <laughs> right. to the bare ground, and you're like, ah, oh, spring is here. And uh, Mother <laughs> Nature. They, they sunned you. Nature sunned you guys up there. Son, yeah. Yeah. you're not ready for spring yet. Here's some more. Work. And uh, I went down to Chicago this last weekend, and that was it was so just the, the duality of just being, you know, 200 miles south where all the grass is green, birds are singing, and you, you're, you're like, wait, wait a minute, huh, what? <laughs> and then as I'm driving back home, I get about an hour away from my house, and there's all the snow piled up on the roads again. It's like, oh. catching a cold and sniveling and whatnot. Yeah. But but Chicago got a taste of that too. Uh yes. over the weekend. Uh I guess that would be after you guys uh, turned around and left. 
And I right. was bitching and I was bitching and moaning to everybody at work about the snow that Chicago got the weekend that we were there, which wasn't last weekend. It was the weekend before that. And I'm like, I can't believe it's the beginning of April. And we're, we're, we woke up Sunday morning and your car's covered in snow. And yeah. you're, you're driving me to the, to the bus stop to go get ready to, uh, to come back to Memphis. And there's the, the streets are uh, snowy and, and the, the cold is in the air and I, I don't have my winter coat. And I get back to Memphis and I spend a, a solid week bitching everybody about I cannot believe it was that cold that it was still it was snowing up there. And then you came back to Chicago last weekend for a family trip and it snowed again. It, it wasn't snowing the entire weekend or anything, but it, it, no. it, it's still it, it was still snowing. It's, it, winter is never going away, apparently. It didn't snow Friday or Saturday. It didn't snow either of the days I was down there. Saturday I was at the Cubs game. And it was, oh, man, there's just so much difference when you're in Chicago, how 50 feels, you know, here 50 feels like spring, and it, it's beautiful, and it, wow, it's 50 degrees, I can walk outside in a t-shirt. I'm down in Chicago in 50-degree weather, and I have my winter coat on, I got my hood up, because you're getting basically sliced right through by about a 20-mile-an-hour wind that was almost constant. And it was just the it was just the most ice cold breeze. I mean, you're thinking, you know, you're at Wrigley and the wind's blowing out. That means you have a pretty well west breeze, right? It was southwest to west to northwest a little bit for most of the game, so it wasn't coming off the lake, which is usually what just knifes right through you. But man, right. it was it was uh, there's just something about that that wide open and that wind coming across the plains and through the city and whipping into that stadium that made that made 51 degrees feel like it made me miss you know 20 below (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I, believe me i understand if if some of us uh some of y'all listening don't quite understand just take our word for it It, it's nothing to play with that that chicago hawk and i got a little taste of that uh, the trip that i've made up there (laughs) man (laughs) it's no fun but we're kind of used to it, but it still kind of slaps you in the face, especially someone like me that's a completely spoiled Southern boy now, uh, seven you know seven years living down here in Memphis. I am totally spoiled. I totally admit that. I was like, I can't believe how cold it is up here, and it's nowhere near as cold as I've ever been, of course. Uh, but just coming from Memphis, literally uh, the day that I came up on the bus uh, on Memphis a couple weekends ago, came up on a Friday. The Thursday before that, it was 70 degrees down here, and then take the bus up on that Friday and get off the bus, and it's in the it, it was in the 30s, I think, when I got off that uh, when I got off that bus and found uh, you and Dave waiting for me uh, yeah. at, the, at the Portillos. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. It, it, was, it was a cold day, and it was windy, and. Uh, yeah, it was well, welcome back to Chicago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I I debated taking my winter coat, and I just was ah, it, it can't possibly be that bad. I was, you know, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the weather, and I'm you know, forties in the uh, at at, uh, at night for lows, and sixties for highs for the weekend in Chicago. And I'm thinking, nah, I don't I don't need a winter coat. It's, it's going to be okay. I forget how how cold the lows get because of that wind. Uh, I completely forgot yeah. about that. So I, I got, I got reminded once again. Uh, so before we get to our trip where we uh, had the fantasy draft and saw each other, 
uh, your quick trip this past weekend to Chicago with the family uh, to see the Cubs game. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm assuming that was fun. Anything uh, interesting happened out of that trip? Uh, I, I bought my kids a lot of Cubs stuff. <laughs> I, I, that was, that was uh, so a lot. What, what, what came, what came out of the trip? My money. <laughs> well, because I was I was told by my both my kids that you know that they, they they don't have enough Cubs stuff so that my daughter wanted Cubs earrings and they wanted hats and <laughs> so I got them a bunch of shirts yeah so I really hit the stores up and uh, found a lot of you know got my got my kids all you know cubbied out they're all gonna, they're gonna have their cubby blues and their, their pinstripes and uh, they'll be able to well represent the Chicago Cubs up here in uh, enemy territory. Oh, that's good. It's always so, a yeah, good that, family trip when your your wallet takes a beating. That means uh, the, the Chicago. Of... Yeah, you can't go to Chicago <laughs> and, and avoid that. Right. It means a lot of fun was had by the by the family when the when the wallet takes the beating. Uh, so you had that. Uh, the, so going back to the uh, weekend before that, the uh, yeah. the the fantasy draft, the <clears throat> ad hack baseball league fantasy draft uh, that came up on the bus. I, I got some tales from the mega bus from the, the trip. It's always uh, an adventure uh, taking the bus anywhere, especially a 10 hour bus ride like that. You're going to have some adventures. I say 10 hours, actually 12, because now that mega bus route that I take detours to St. Louis, it doesn't go straight through Effingham. We, we didn't get to go to the uh, legendary Effingham. We went through St. Louis and then double back to, uh, to Chicago. So, you know, always, Adventures there, um, so I can. I guess I can start there because uh, and take a little bit of, of chronological order. Uh, on my way to see you and Dave, the movie expert, came out, uh, and I'm very thankful for Dave for coming out to to meet us. Um, so on my way there was the uh, the Friday bus trip from Memphis to Chicago through St. Louis. I don't know what's going on that the, every time I get on a bus, it seems like somebody's trying to get on the bus and they don't belong on the bus. And maybe this happens a, a lot, but I've taken quite a few bus trips and it doesn't happen all the time, but it seems to happen with me quite a bit. Uh, the, the famous story that I keep sharing on the show about what happened in Effingham when somebody tried to get on a Greyhound uh, that I was riding and did not belong there and the police kind of disappeared them. So this time, this wasn't a Greyhound, it was a Megabus, but, uh, uh, and the police weren't involved uh, yet, but it was trending in that, te- uh, in, in that territory. So basically, it's a, a, a young lady is waiting there in St. Louis when we, when we get to St. Louis from Memphis. And the way it works is you got to stop uh, in St. Louis, the Megabus stops, but the people who are staying on the bus to keep going to Chicago don't get off the bus. That's not a rest stop. That's just to get the people off that are going to St. Louis and get people on in St. Louis that are going to Chicago. Some woman tried to get on uh, at St. Louis to go to Chicago, uh, was missing this small item called a ticket, and the bus driver's like, I don't know what you think you're going to do here. You sitting here arguing and going back and forth, but you don't have a ticket. You can't get on. That's, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, pretty cut and dried. I don't know if she was missing a ticket or she lost it, had it, uh, was trying to get it on her phone or something and, and couldn't get it. But one way or another, she didn't have a ticket. So therefore uh, the bus driver was not going to let her get on. 
now the bus driver moves on from that confrontation to uh, tend to the people who do have tickets and, and get them on and then also tend to the people who are getting off and, and getting the, their baggage and whatnot from the back of the bus. The woman that was arguing before is just walking up the back of the bus, up the stairs, past me with her suitcase in hand, didn't even try to put the suitcase in the in the compartment below, was just going to take the suitcase, the whole suitcase with her and, and just get on the bus and sit there. And I'm kind of not paying attention that hard, um, but that catch that caught my attention that somebody just went up the back of the bus with uh, her suitcase because no one does that. The, the mega bus is so small that you really don't, even if you wanted to have a carry-on suitcase, there's really nowhere to put it. There's no overhead room on the mega bus. That little overhead compartment that you might think is there is, is blocked off. Um, so anything you do carry on, either you put it on a, on the seat next to you if you if you have room. And thankfully this trip was uh, very light as far as people, so I always uh, had a seat to myself uh, next to me. Uh, but if you don't, then you have to put it under your seat because there's nowhere else to put it. So she was just going to ride with a whole suitcase sitting next to her, I guess. And I just kind of was like, that's odd, and, but I really didn't think too much of it. A couple minutes later, the bus driver gets up on the bus, on the back of the bus, goes up to the woman and says, oh, you're just going to get on the bus without ticket, huh? Okay. <laughs> It's like he was incredulous. You you got to go. Come, I don't know what you think you're doing, but you got to go. And the woman seemed like she didn't understand and was just sitting there. And finally, he's like, okay, have it away. And turns around and goes and, and, and goes to get security. Uh, and so it have been a, a worse situation was avoided because the woman finally came to her senses and got off the bus about the same time that security arrived. Uh, so thankfully that was taken care of, and she just went to the other side of the bus and, and kind of stood there. Uh, and meanwhile, we got ready to go and left. But it's always a, a situation where somebody wants to get on the bus that's not supposed to be on the bus. And it, it's not difficult to buy a ticket on Megabus, uh, especially our particular trip, which was, like I said, not that many people on our bus. But it, it's I guess it is difficult if you don't know how to do it. And maybe she didn't know that you have to go online to, to buy a Megabus ticket. Megabus's prices, for those who don't know about Megabus, um, their prices are very low, very affordable, uh, usually much lower than a Greyhound. But the reason they can keep those prices so low is because they're not really a on-the-ground uh, service. They don't really have their own building anywhere. They're, they're In Chicago, for instance, they're – pick up and drop off point is basically in the middle of a street. Um, and here in St. Louis, it was uh, in a great, it was in, also here in Memphis as well. It worked the same way. The mega bus is located in a Greyhound station, but they don't really have a ticket agent. They have a dude standing up there at a podium and directing you where to go to, to get on the mega bus and, and directing you where to get off. Uh, so you really can't buy a ticket there in the in the facilities. You have to go online to do it. So maybe this was a woman that didn't understand that, that thought that I'm gonna, I'm here in a Greyhound station and here's a mega bus that's going to Chicago. Hey, let me get on this mega bus and go to Chicago and maybe I'll I'll pay the guy. Uh, you know, as as the bus is going, maybe I think it's like a train that I can pay him later after we get going or something. I don't know what she was thinking, but. She didn't, she didn't have a ticket. She didn't seem like she understood that she couldn't get on the bus without the ticket. She just got on the bus anyway, but thankfully she, she left without incident. So, uh, like I said, always an adventure on the mega bus. 
Uh, before that, leaving Memphis, coming to Chicago was a, a bit of an adventure because I didn't. This was the the Megabus being in the Greyhound station here in Memphis. Uh, that that was the first time taking the Megabus in the Greyhound station. It, used, it, it was a new stop. The, the old stop that they used to be at, they moved. And now they're inside a Greyhound station. I didn't quite know where to go. My wife basically dropped me off uh, at the door. Uh, but there's many doors to this big bus station. It's not just a Greyhound station. It's basically a, a, a Memphis uh, public transportation-like building. And the Greyhound station happens to be inside of it. And then the Megabus happens to be inside the Greyhound station. So I, uh, she she had to drive off because she had to go to work, and I honestly didn't know where I was going. I was just kind of standing there with, you know, 40 minutes to go until my bus leaves, and I really don't know where the hell I'm going. But uh, I managed to wander around and, and figure out uh, where I was supposed to be eventually, and got on the bus with. Uh, I was I was surprised to get on the bus with uh, with white essential oil lady, uh, with the uh, a lady that just had all these oils, and and the whole bus was smelling like peppermint. And I was, uh, that, that was new. That was different. <laughs> you know, I, usually the, uh, the socioeconomic makeup of a mega bus trip is, uh, you know, 90, 95% African-American and uh, 5% other. Uh, but this being, a, and this is, I think pretty much definitely because of St. Louis was why we had a, a little more mixture uh, going from, Memphis to Chicago and also coming back from Chicago to Memphis, there was a bunch of sort of college, uh, you know, type bros uh, on the, on the bus uh, going to sh- from Chicago and they got off at St. Louis as well. And the essential oils lady, I believe got off at St. Louis as well. So I think that's what the, uh, the, the factor is that you got a little more uh, Caucasian in your, your mega bus trip this time uh, because of the fact that they went to St. Louis instead of going through Effingham. So I, I think uh, the, the upshot of that is even the white people know, Avoid Effingham at all costs. I think that was the, the reason for that. I would uh, love to avoid Effingham, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's the easiest way to drive down by you. And, and, and well, it, most parts, most shot, parts yeah. south, most parts south, uh, all roads apparently lead to Effingham. So you can drive by the giant cross. That's right. And you can also go through. Uh, where where is it? Where the the Lamberts is? Um, uh, Sykes. That's, that's in Sykes, yeah, in Sykes Missouri. Missouri. Yes, where people sue the throw rolls place because <laughs> got hit with a roll. Got, someone got an eye put out. We got hit with a roll at a place where they're famous for throwing rolls. Put uh, an eye out with that thing. That's right. So let's go. We, we talked about that a, on a you previous a, show. You looked up the, the news yeah. article about it and everything. It was true. It was absolutely yes. true. I remember uh, I was talking to my wife about it and. Uh, we 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 were sort of incredulous after having gone there. It's how hard is it to catch a, a soft piece of bread? <laughs> but You'd be you know, in our, in our overly litigious uh, society now, uh, you can sue some basically sue everybody for everything. Uh, somebody got hit with a roll and decided to uh, sue the restaurant. So. <sighs> Maybe they're rolling defense, them now. Ooh. In their defense, those those rolls are kind of big. They're, they're not the uh, I mean, they're, they're they're like tiny size. Yeah, they're not, they're not the tiny little dinner rolls that you buy at the, at no. the store. They're, they're they're a little bigger than that. But no, you shouldn't uh, yeah, have to size because of you got hit with one. Yeah. Oh man, like what were you <laughs> expecting? I mean, that, that I think would be the the, the headline for me. Yeah, you but you walk into a place that 
the sign is uh, as big as you can get when you walk into there, and it says, Home of the Throat Rolls. Yes. What does that mean, I wonder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you I mean they throw the rolls. They actually throw the rolls. Okay. Yes. So, no, they, yeah. So, railroads road trips down south are always uh, eventful. Uh, it seems like your bus trips, you always you always end up with some kind of a <laughs> unique story on the bus. But yeah, no. Fortunately, nobody uh, nobody disappeared. It's good that your bus smelled like peppermint instead of what buses usually smell like. You know, uh, 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 my my uh, play uncle's brother uh, actually responded to that on Facebook because he's a bus driver, and he ah. said better than the normal bus smell. The funniest part about that is that literally at that moment when he sent reply back to me on Facebook, somebody dropped ass on the bus. And I'm like, yeah, well, we, we got that covered too. Bet you bet you were wishing for some peppermint oil right about that moment. At that moment, I wished I was single and I could snuggle up to that woman and, and get all the peppermint smell that I could possibly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, much better than the ass smell. My 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 uh, my wife is big into the essential oils, so ah. at any given moment, I can walk into our bedroom and and smell some some combination of things being diffused into our sleeping environment. And I, I most of them don't offend me, but there's one that smells like pizza, and I was just like, Ugh. what? I think it's like <laughs> oregano or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> but all I can think, all I can smell is you know like. Chicago, you know, deep dish right. pizza, you know. Yeah. And uh <laughs> I thought you meant they actually had essential oil in pizza no. form or flavor. Oh, if that was the case, I'd be I'd be buying the Giordano's one. Oh. I'd just be rubbing I'd just oh. be rubbing that in my mustache, you know, like <laughs> breathe it in Italian, Giordano's. Italian beef essential oil where I'm smelling that all day. That would I, I would have I would be a happy man if I could smell Italian beef all day. I think that, that would be just, awesome. You just have Portillo's smell wafting around. Oh. Yeah. By a by a, well, yeah, by a Portillo's candle, and you burn it. It just smells like Portillo's. Great segue to uh, when I got off the bus in Chicago. Uh, like I said, it was a little chilly and. Uh, wandering my way around and had to figure out I, I you told me that the portillos was about a block from where i was supposed to be getting yes. off the, and you told me what direction that would be what uh, as far as northeast southwest uh the problem with that is i'm still very very uh direction challenged even though ah. I'm, even though i drive now i still yeah. don't really know where the hell i'm driving so I, I honestly I took a stab in the dark and, and went and went in one direction and I was correct, so that's that's good. Uh it was rainy, not just chilly when I got off the bus, it was also raining, so I was uh, really hoping to get indoors somewhere uh, and, and it had just right started direction. too. I mean that, that rain well, it was more like a more like a drizzle. It wasn't really bad, but it just started um maybe ten minutes before your bus got there. Annoying. It was uh, any cold rain is annoying for sure. Uh, but I made it over there to to the Portillos, and you and Dave were waiting uh, in the in the little vestibule area, and we had some Portillos and shot the shit, and spent about an hour and a half catching up, and that was as uh, good a way to start uh, our Chicago weekend as, as I could possibly hope for, catching up with a couple old friends and talking about the the movie podcast that got cut off and, and oh, the people, still, people didn't I'm hear still most of that. About that. And, yeah, you know, and as it always goes, you know, it's like our, the show tends to build. 
So it's like, you know, you, you start and then it's just kind of good. It, it takes some time because, you know, it's kings of non sequitur. So you, you kind of, you know, it's it, it's all about the, the pinball and the connections and, you know, and everything. And the jokes start to become sort of referential to themselves. And it's like the, it's like layers get added to the show. So by the time we were into that after show, uh, we were, you know, the, the the jokes were just starting to pile up, and uh, it was it was it was just uh, it was a pretty pretty frenetic hour um, after the uh, first hour where we just mainly mainly talked about the movies, and then we started to get in a little bit more random and and crazy, and I, it's very I'm very sad that that uh, is lost because that was a uh, that yeah. was a fun hour of uh, that was a fun hour of radio that uh, that is now just lost to history. Um, the, the good thing is we can try to sort of recreate it the next show, and, and I know what's going on with this uh, after-show thing. It seems to be a, a something that we maybe need to avoid or not rely on at all. The uh, I don't know if you listened to the WrestleMania podcast. Oh, that no. after-show got cut off. Oh, it did? So some, Yeah, it did. So there's something going on. I, it might be with any time there's more than two people on the line. It might have something to do with uh, Yeah, people. if we carry it. Maybe if we – it seems like – because that would be the two times that we've carried a guest through with us or tried to carry a yes. guest through with us. So I'm wondering if it because it disconnects the guest, it also disconnects us. But, but the guest was there for the actual – He was still uh, talking to times. us, but yeah. Joe said, nah, nope. We we got you know, rejected like the Kimbe Mutumbo. No, no, denied. no. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not happy about that because we were uh, talking a lot of good stuff uh, wrestling wise and, and setting up plans for uh, when when WrestleMania eventually will go to Minneapolis to that new dome. It yeah. won't be the, in the next two years, but uh, sometime after that it will. And we're we're gonna get up there. We're gonna uh, save up our money and, and make the pilgrimage up there. And uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. How much of that you want to take in, but we're going to be bouncing around some of those late shows and, and 1, 8, 1 a.m. shows and uh, free pizza shows and, and blood sports shows. We're, we're going to do all of that. We were making some of those plans during the after show, but uh, that got cut off as well. Now, how far out do they announce the venues? Is this like, you know, like Super Bowl where you know years in advance or not? Well, not years, but maybe a couple. Uh, the, the, the next two have been announced, so maybe a okay. couple years in, in advance. Uh, next is it next year? Uh, one of the next two years is definitely in uh, Tampa, Florida, and then they announced uh, the next one after that, twenty twenty one. And I'm trying to remember where that was, but it, it, I don't remember. But it wasn't Minneapolis, so it, it, it's a couple of years out. Yeah. But yeah, Minneapolis is not coming up anytime soon, but it might be in twenty twenty two. We'll have to. Wait and see. They they actually have a system down now where they kind of set out like a bidding process. I don't know how WWE like pulled that off, but a little bit. They 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 kind of wait on the highest bidder now, and and that's how they make their decisions on who hosts WrestleMania. They they've made it to where they put a, put forth this great economic boon uh, to whatever city, so they make it seem like you you need us. You have to have WrestleMania in your city, and that's. That's just that accomplishment shows sort of the genius of Vince McMahon that uh, after, you know, the, the stigma of pro wrestling and uh, the the lean years of wrestling where WrestleManias were being 
you know, hosted in 14,000 seat arenas. I, I think they had one, one year WrestleMania was in like Hartford, Connecticut or, you know, something like that. So they, they survived that. They got through all that. They had another boom period. And now for the last like 10 or 15 years, they've been nothing but 70,000 seat stadiums exclusively. And that, that's amazing. And, and fill them too. You know, not every seat is uh, sold. Of course, there's some papering going on uh, for those last several thousand seats but just the fact that even it's that it's even that much uh that many people every year and of course people coming in from like England and Australia and all around the world uh to see WrestleMania uh it it really is that big of a spectacle now and it's amazing every year it feels like it gets bigger and bigger of course it gets longer and longer too which is definitely a, a problem yeah you were briefly mentioning that in the a uh, few moments before the show about how long WrestleMania was. I mean, that, that that's just obscene. First of all, who could sit through that? I, I don't know. I, well, I I kind of did, but not really. I mean, I had to get up to like have dinner and go to the bathroom and stuff. So I didn't I didn't sit through every single uh, minute of it live, but. I found a live stream and it was up for the entire show. And I, oh. uh, I, I had to quit before, right before the, the women's main event, because at that point it was, I want to say about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I don't even remember, uh, Chicago time, uh, Memphis is Chicago time. I, I'm just used to saying Chicago time. Yeah. When I'm referring to central time. But somewhere around 1030, I had to go to work the next day. I was uh, actually I didn't go to work the next day, but I was just tired. That's what it was. I was just fucking tired. And I was uh, I I couldn't do it. I I had to uh, I did have to go to work the next day. I'm totally getting confused. I didn't go to work after I came back from Chicago after our trip. I had that week off. But last week, uh, a couple weekends ago for WrestleMania. Yeah, I did have to uh, go to work. So, no, it was last Sunday. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I had to knock it off. I, I had to get pick, I had to pick up the women's match the next morning before I went to work because I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't stay up for it because it was just too damn late. And as you could imagine, the crowd was you know completely dead by that point. And there's just it, I'm, there's no reason to have a show that long. You had you, I, I kind of know what they're going for. They want to get everybody on the show. They they, they don't want to have it where it's WrestleMania, but we have so many people that we employ. We have so many wrestlers that we employ that we have to say, okay, you've worked hard for this moment. You're, you're you know, this point in your career, you think you're, you're hot shit. You're working for WWE, but we're, it's only a three hour show. It's only a four hour show. So you, 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 all of you are off the show. We, we, we're not going to put you on anything. We're not going to have a match. We, we, you know, we'll have a battle Royal, but, there's only so many people you can have in that before it becomes a, a complete clusterfuck. Um, but yeah, so they expand all that much so that they make sure everybody that uh, is of even a re- remote importance gets a spot, gets a match on the show, and they can get that WrestleMania payout. And you know, it, it's it's a big deal. It's a it's a huge deal to say I wrestled at WrestleMania. However, there's so many different levels to it now that. Uh, those two battle royals and the cruiserweight title match and one of the tag team title matches take place on this pre pre show type deal, uh, which is so unimportant that it airs for free on USA Network. 
So you can say you wrestled at WrestleMania, but did you really wrestle at WrestleMania when it wasn't on pay-per-view? It was on the pre-show before it even gets to uh, pay-per-view. It's on USA Network. So, but you know, again, I understand they're trying to get everybody involved. They're trying to give everybody sort of a participation trophy and uh, and a payout. But God, it is for the fans there. I can't imagine uh, sitting through six and a half, seven and a half hours of a wrestling show. That's, it's just crazy. Yeah, I couldn't imagine um, sitting. Through, could you imagine being there live, sitting through something like that? How tedious! I mean, it's, it's hard to sit through. Uh, a three or a three and a half hour, you know, football game or baseball game, but just, and especially if it's, you know, if the matches are bad or if it's stale or the match that you were there to see is over, you know, (laughs) you still have five more hours to go. (laughs) And you feel like you can't leave because it's WrestleMania. You're here. You got to see the whole thing all the way to the end, no matter how many meaningless, terrible matches you have to sit through to the, the Shane McMahon versus Miz match is just, just everyone knew yeah. it was going to be terrible, but you got to you got to sit through it if you want to see the main event. You got to sit through it. Yeah. So I'm sure there were a lot of bleary eyes at the end of that show, at home and in the stands. Indeed, in, in the locker room as well. Uh, yeah. This was part of what Jerry and I talked about on the uh, the after show that didn't even make it was how much better the NXT show the night before or two nights before, how much better that was going to be than the actual WrestleMania show and how ludicrous that is that everybody knows that the NXT show is going to be the better show. Uh, Not just because of the better quality of wrestling, but because of how concise it was going to be. You know there's only five matches on the NXT show, and you know it's only going to take three hours to get through it. And it's just better. That's just... There's a sweet spot in there. You you don't want to shortchange people. I completely understand that. But you definitely don't want to overstay your welcome and make people think, oh, God, this is just death. No, you don't want people to think that about your show. And people are – everyone was shitting all over WrestleMania the next day. As well, they should have. Well, and your, your eagle-eyed man on the spot here, uh, as I was reading through the recaps and the – and the blogs uh, seem to confirm the Rey Mysterio ankle injury from the previous Monday Night Raw that we were sort of conjecturing about, um, which may have led to the, uh, shall we say, brevity of his match at <laughs> WrestleMania. Indeed. I was going to give you all props for that, that you called it on Monday Night Raw that you said it looked like a legit injury, and I said it might be, but I would lean towards Rey Mysterio as just such a good worker that he was just selling very well, and you were right, and I was wrong about a wrestling issue, and (laughs) you should be scared as hell about that, frankly. You can be proud of that if you want, but that's actually something that you should be very afraid of. Well, he, the way he landed, it was just such a bad spot. You could see that his the leg, it didn't look natural. And I don't know how you fake that. How do you fake landing so bad? Maybe, maybe, maybe what you're saying is he's so good at selling it that if somebody could do it, it was him. But uh, and it was and it was just a blink and you miss it type thing. Um, so, But, of course, I'm not watching from the aspect of a fan. So when I see something that looks out of place, I'm like, ooh, ooh. You know, yeah, right. Look good. So, but no, everything seemed to confirm that he was uh, playing hurt. Yeah, I, 
really, like I said, it really. About 18 seconds. <laughs> yeah, 20, it, 22 it, seconds. Yeah. Very brief. <laughs> that was a regal hornswoggle there. <laughs> you remember that? I, I do. I watched um, William Regal basically just pile drive a midget in a match that lasted all of about six seconds. Um, frankly, is is about how long it should have lasted. Uh, so yeah, that was yes. uh, they, they they kept it. Think about that. Think about how long the WrestleMania card was, and one match was you know less than a minute. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm just glad to know all the ladies got out of jail. They didn't. Not only did they all get out of jail, but I believe the next night on SmackDown, after we made fun of that on Monday Night Raw, Becky Lynch made her entrance. I shit you not, out of of, of a police car. I, I don't think she was driving. I think she got out of the bag, but uh, but that made it seem like the police. Uh, not only did she get released, but the police did her the favor of driving her to the yeah, arena. Oh, that's solid. Uh, that, that that's that's a good move. That that doesn't happen. You know that, right? I don't think that happens. I'm not aware. I don't, I, I, don't, out of, I don't think when they let you out of the joint that the cops drive you to work. I don't have any dealings with the police, so I don't know that for <laughs> sure, but that would be my guess is that that doesn't happen. Yes, I, I agree with you. Okay. Just took me, taking me a little bit out of reality there. But no, we were, we, uh, we crapped all over that storyline when it happened because what they were doing it happens like five times a night on most of their shows. Yes, big pull apart brawl where they attack the security and and keep fighting. That happens all yes. the time. But because women did it, we have to get the cops involved now. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 cell the cell job there was was weak. Uh, you know what also was weak was the finish of that particular match, which you didn't uh, see but you read about. Um, that it appeared to be a botch. It appeared that uh, it wasn't supposed to. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. Um, that, that Ronda Rousey got pinned by which, uh, Becky yeah, Lynch. You and Dre, uh, you and Dre, you and Jerry uh, were both confident uh, was not going to happen that Ronda Rousey was going to lose clean. I thought that they were going to make it where Charlotte takes the loss so that they can keep Ronda strong. Not knowing uh, about a lot of the backstage, behind the scenes stuff, not knowing if that Ronda Rousey was actually going to uh, take a sabbatical from WWE after WrestleMania, and just come out tonight, uh, just being reported that she uh, intends to uh, to start a family now. So that's uh, a, a quite the sabbatical. But even doing that, even knowing that there was a possibility of something like that happening, because that's been rumored for a while that she was going to take time off to to start a family. I still would. I still thought honestly that they would keep her strong as hell by having Becky Lynch beat Charlotte, and, and I, we we knew she, Becky Lynch was going to have both titles hoisted up as the as as WrestleMania went off the air. We knew that was going to be the finish. That was telegraphed. Everybody saw that coming. Adding Charlotte to the match and making it a three way, I thought guaranteed that there would be somebody to lose the match that wouldn't be Becky Lynch or Ronda Rousey so that they could keep both of them strong and keep both of them uh, having uh, an issue going into maybe next WrestleMania where Ronda comes back and says, you may have the title, but you didn't beat me for it in setting up a, another women's main event, perhaps. But no, Becky beat uh, Ronda Rousey. From what I'm reading, Becky was actually supposed to beat Ronda the entire time, but it was going to be uh, by submission with the, the, the disarmer uh, hold that she has. 
but instead she beat her uh, with a with a roll up with a crucifix. And what happened was apparently the referee saw oh. the shoulders down. Uh, yeah, we, we might have a, a crooked referee situation. Uh, that he saw Ronda's shoulders down for the one two three. However, her shoulder kind of came up off the mat at one, and she kept her shoulder down for two and three, thinking that it would just be one and two because her shoulder came up after one. And the referee counted that all the way through as one, two, three. You're not supposed to do that. Um, And all reports are that the referee got legit fined by WWE afterwards because they're taught to call the match like it is, call it whatever the finish is supposed to be. You still call what you see in the ring as if it was a real event. So when the shoulder comes up, no matter what the finish is supposed to be, you're supposed to stop your count. And he didn't stop his count. So that was a bot. So think about that. Also, that match was supposed to be longer. <laughs> How long this show was and the Rey Mysterio Samoa Joe match should have been longer because Rey Mysterio was hurt. They they made that very short. And this botch cuts this match off before it's supposed to go to its finish. This show was supposed to be a legit like seven solid hours. It was only six and a half. But when you, when you think about those two incidents, it was supposed to be even longer. That's mind blowing. Like, what are they thinking? That, yeah. yeah, no, they're not. And, and especially after we had watched the previous Monday Night Raw, and, and nobody was excited. I mean, you, two out of the three people on the show on that night when we did the show are wrestling fans, like straight up hardcore wrestling fans, and you guys were not excited at all. No, I. Yeah, I, I, and like that was this every year now. It's it's become Groundhog Day, our our show. We're we're a lot of those same. And we need new adjectives because underwhelming, um, seems to be the word every year that we come up with. Well, what was what, what would you think of the guy? Was a bit underwhelming. There's not a lot of pop. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I'll see if we uh, have a drinking game next year for our wrestling <laughs> show. How many, how many times somebody seems to disappoint or sad? about the proceedings. And, and we could and, be just going through one of those dark periods right now. So sometimes you don't know you're in the dark period, right? I'm a little more, I'm more cynical than that. I think they're doing this shit on purpose. I think I've all this, all this time, all these years, they've had the talent to have very exciting main events, very exciting build up to their matches sticking some of that fresh blood in there, sticking some guys in that you haven't seen over and over again. And they just don't do it. And I think it's on purpose. I think they're trying to wait for the next really big wrestling wave, whatever that's going to be, the next uh, NWO, the next uh, uh, John Cena, the next Rock, something along those lines. They were trying to make Roman Reigns the next Rock. Everybody shit all over that. But they're trying to wait for the next like really huge wave, and then I think they'll go forward with all the the best talent and all the best workers at the top. But right now, I, I feel like they're sort of holding back on purpose. Uh, the women's main event uh, is because of how huge Ronda Rousey is and the, and the the star power that she brought that they could pull something like that off the first women's main event. Uh, and also get it makes them seem very progressive. It gets them the the social justice award and all that stuff. But when you talk about WrestleMania and what's what it's supposed to represent and what the main event should represent, which is you know here's the two best 
wrestlers going today that they're going to have a, a big match and a big main event, and, and this is going to be, you know, to crown the, the best wrestler. Uh, and we don't have that. We we haven't had that for a long time. Uh, we we could have that with all the the really good wrestlers on the card on the show uh, in the organization. They they just don't they don't want to do that. Uh, again, NXT uh, a couple nights before WrestleMania, that was the best wrestlers having the best wrestling matches, like it's supposed to be. Uh, this was also on the after show uh, that Jerry and I discussed. We told everybody that on the NXT show was going to be possibly the best match of the weekend of all the wrestling shows with uh, the, the UK championship, uh, Walter and, uh, against Pete Dunne. And sure enough, it was that damn good. Uh, and nobody got to hear that we predicted that before uh, WrestleMania even came. Because I the after show got cut off, you can you can vouch for us. You, if, if people don't want to believe you and think you're lying for us, that, that's their prerogative. But you can vouch for us that we said Walter versus yes. Pete Dunne on the NXT show was going to steal the entire weekend. Now you guys are very pro NXT. Uh, that has been that is on the record for sure uh, on this show multiple times. Uh, even so, what, what people have heard that would fall in line with everything that, that you and Jerry have said over the many years now that we've been doing this WrestleMania preview and, and now sort of a, sort of a, you know, quasi recap, even though I did not watch it, I did, uh, I did follow the results. I, we've spent that much time talking about it. I, I figured it was at least my responsibility to see what happened. Yeah. And also, uh, don't want to give short shrift as far as that NXT show to the actual title match to finish off NXT two out of three falls, Johnny Gargano over Adam Cole, which was a fucking fabulous, fantastic match. Uh, but again, they could, they could have put that on, on WrestleMania as the, uh, as a main event match, or even just an, on the, on the undercard. And, it would be an, an excellent wrestling match and people wouldn't be quite as burned out by the time you got to the main event because they would have, they would have seen really good action and that, that would have gotten them jazzed up. But when you got Shane McMahon and the Miz as the undercar leading up to that, and you got 19 second Rey Mysterio match and you got triple H and, and Dave Batista uh, going through the motions, uh, a couple of 50 year olds, um, and, and Triple H deciding that he wants to turn into you know the next uh, Saw movie by by trying to uh, what do you do rip Batista's nose ring out with a pair of pliers I believe at one point, um, and that was legit. He actually did rip Batista's nose ring out. Um, tried to put uh, Batista's fingers between the the pliers and tried to break his digit. It was just, it was strange, man. I was first of all that was the longest match in WrestleMania was Triple H and Batista. How fucked up is that? That's called stroking your ego. Oh my god, that's called I am fucking the boss's daughter and have been for twenty years and there's not a damn thing anybody can do about it. Um. And then the direction they decided to take was, and, and I see, I kind of see what they were trying to do is it's a personal issue. And they, you know, Batista attacks Ric Flair to start the thing and, and trying to get Triple H's attention. So the, 
it, it's personal now. And then, you know, so Triple H tries to make it where he takes out pliers and tries to, it was, it was just corny though. It was, you know, it, it was the WWE's attempted like hardcore violent matches and they, they, they don't know how to do that. So no, they, they fail miserably at that. Other Others oh. have done it so much better. And so when they do try it, they know they can't push it too far because uh, it, you know, it does have to have the mar- the mass market appeal. They don't want to make news the next day for the wrong reason. Not not that. But but then going down that route, uh, let me break your digits with uh, pliers and then rip your nose ring off. Like what is that? Like <laughs> anyone anyone else that like, any other wrestling organization that has all sort of hardcore or ultra violent, you know, they try to like smash each other with with light tubes or or wooden sticks, two-by-fours type stuff, uh, steel chairs. Uh, the, the the whole pliers thing, that, that didn't work for me at all. Not sad I missed it. I, that wasn't really one of the matches that really stood out to me that would have been exciting at all. I mean, even in, even in idea or concept, it was, it was poorly thought out. So they're not all going to be gems. Yeah, definitely not. <clears throat> You want to pick up for me here as I'm having a little choking situation. Oh, oh that's not good. So, so, yeah, no. So what we're saying, you know, these these guys, you got to wonder, because who, who's in the crowd, like, super excited about that? You know, the, 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 peop, the people who were really big fans of, like, when you think about those two guys in particular who were really big fans of theirs, what, what 10 years ago or 15 years ago, what, the, what their age is now to be there. It's like, you're, you're just living for nostalgia. You're, you're, you're clearly not doing this for the kids. You know, you're not doing this for the, for the, the newer comers or the, the kids who are there to see it, who are who pretty much only know Dave Batista as a, as a movie star now. Um, much like a lot of the same kids who would know the rock or any of these other guys who've gone on to, to bigger fame. So it, it's interesting that, that, that they come up with an idea like that, especially with the stupid retirement angle, which is, oh boy, it's a, they beat the dead horse. Uh, they do love that. So they, they find something that works a couple of times and it's like, well, let's, we'll trot that one out again. But aha, this time he won. So he's not retired because I don't know why you'd bring back a former wrestler who's washed up as a wrestler and now needs to, now is making movies and successful at doing that. Why he needs to come back to be the guy to retire somebody who's not going to keep working for the organization. Um, bad angle, uh, Hopefully Dre's not dead. Are you still alive? Uh oh. I think we may have lost Dre. <clears throat> no, I'm still with us. Okay. I don't you're, have anything to right drink uh, during this. Yeah, you know, you start talking for a long time, and all of a sudden your voice decides, I'm going to give out now. So <laughs> now I, I don't have anything to drink next call, time. I was going to have to call 911 here. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm still with us. No, I I agree. Bad angle, bad execution, the whole thing. Batista announces retirement the very next day. It's like, okay, well that's uh, that's a good way to not go out on top. <laughs> so they could have just had a retirement match for both of them. Pretty much, yeah. You know, I didn't. Well, here's the the troubling part for me. He wasn't retired. <laughs> uh, he wanted one more match, and he got it, and it was the drizzling shits. And well, and, and honestly, if that would have probably been the better angle, 
to have had that on the line for both of them. Just, just saying, if he was going to go and do it the next day anyways, you could have just tossed that out there and let him have his moment. And instead of just showing up the next night, I'm sure on Raw to say, I retire, I'm out of here. <clears throat> he didn't even do that. He announced it on Twitter. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, lovely, huh? So. Yeah, that could have been better thought out. So yeah, that that was that was WrestleMania. Um, it was a thing. It happened. It did. <clears throat> a lot of a lot of coaches. I, uh, uh, everybody uh, pretty much lost their title, with the exception of uh, the Usos winning their SmackDown Tag Team Title defense, only to lose the SmackDown Tag Team Titles two nights later to the Hardy Boys. But anyway, um, so yeah, that was that was another deal they were trying to. Make it, I guess, a real special night by having all these different title changes: the Raw Tag Team Titles, the Cruiserweight Title. The uh, Brock Lesnar comes out and, and drops the title to Seth Rollins, which surprised me. But it, it looks like he's trying to legitimately go get back into the uh, 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 into the UFC pool and uh, try to have another run there uh, at, at his advanced age. So I guess I understand uh, dropping the title there, but. Like I was saying on the show with Jerry, that just thinking about how he's ragdolled and thrown Seth Rollins around every time he's gotten his hands on him over the years, <clears throat> to say that Seth Rollins now can beat him was never a believable thing. And then the way he beat him wasn't believable either, because they had Lesnar come out and destroy him before the match started outside the ring. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Rollins had all these legit welts and, and blood dripping from his back and stuff. Like, he got the, the, the mess beat out of him before the match began. <clears throat> so they get in the ring. They they ring the bell to start the match. Lesnar throws him around some more. The referee uh, got hit, and he, and he can't see for a second. And Rollins gives him a low blow and then stomps him in the head three times and wins the title. It's like, yeah, what? I, I, I read huh? that, so. So, so how legit does that feel? Oh, I, I'm not. Yeah, and Seth Rollins is very popular. He's very over with the fans. So uh, the fans ate it up and the fans bought it. And he's going to go on <clears throat> and, and be the man from, from this point forward. And he gets to have the, the tagline that he was talking about before the, the match and is talking about it afterwards now about how, hey, you, you got a champion that's here now every Monday night that actually – shows up on, on the on the show after he wins the title and you should be proud of that and, and he gets to lord that over Lesnar's head. So that's another point to sort of get him over. But uh, I don't I don't really buy it. I don't get excited by Seth Rollins being the champion. He's he's a really good uh, wrestler too. He's a really good worker. But just the I, I don't know how you I don't know how you could put him over Brock Lesnar in a way that would be believable to someone like me who's watched wrestling for so many years that, you know, and, and it's not for me. The product isn't necessarily for the hardcore fans like me. The, the product is for the, the kids and for the, the people that would be liable to believe something like that. But I, I don't believe that at all. That, that, you, you beat Brock, after all the stuff Brock Lesnar's done over the years and all the destruction and all the, uh, and, and he destroyed uh, Seth Rollins in this match too, and it take a, it takes a low blow and three curb stomps to to put him down. Really? Okay. Yeah. After and we've I've watched some of those matches. I I've been 
You know, this has been going on for so long that I used to actually go to some of those WrestleMania parties, which is part of the, I think, part of the problem that so so much of it doesn't even feel fresh. <laughs> which is which is one of the things that we talk about uh, every year with Jerry about how recycled and you know the everybody's just sort of you know it's like they literally just pull the names out of a hat a month and a half before WrestleMania to, to determine who's gonna. Who's gonna play, you know who's gonna wrestle each other and then they just uh, you know they'll do the same thing next year but the problem is they throw all the same names back in the hat and you're lucky if you you're lucky if you really get anybody new or any new blood in there uh, doing it and it just it just becomes sort of uh, you know pedantic and uh, you know a, a little bit of a a little bit of a strain. The maybe the best part of, of the night to show just how little. Uh, respect that WWE at times has for their fans <clears throat> is during the AJ Styles Randy Orton match. For some reason, some huge lighting uh, situation that I think maybe the the lights that Randy Orton uses for his entrance like stayed on. Uh, maybe by accident. Maybe there's some sort of equipment failure or something. But it was like blinding light and a huge portion of the crowd that paid so many hundreds of dollars and in some cases, thousands of dollars uh, to be there at WrestleMania. Couldn't see shit. Couldn't see part of it. And, and basically hijacked the show with their chants. Like we can't see, we can't see. And, and uh, along those lines and, and so loud that like styles Mm -hmm. and Orton were like looking up at, at the crowd, like, what are they doing? What are they talking about? And, you know, it it was just really, and then when they did turn the lights down, the huge cheer goes up and it's right at a point of the match where Orton is like making his big move and he's the, he's supposed to be the bad guy. Um, and, and he's making a, a bit of a comeback and it sounds like people are cheering and going crazy for his comeback. And it, you can see him stop and like, okay, that's not the reaction I'm supposed to be getting. I'm the bad guy here. What's going on? <laughs> and it, it's all... <laughs> It's all because of the light situation. Then the lights went back on for some reason. You hear all these boos when AJ Styles is making this comeback. It almost sounds like AJ Styles is getting booed. I'm like, no, <laughs> the whole thing is is not it, it, taking completely away from the action in the ring. Um, and, and that's just WWE not not knowing what's the, not not caring about what the fans are going through, not caring about the fan experience. That they, they got the money, they got the people in the stadium. Now let's have these huge blinding lights and and take a, a big part of our audience and make sure they can't see shit. And, you know, just for the purpose of uh, making the show look <clears throat> possibly look better on TV. Maybe these are lights that they needed at that point in time uh, because of maybe the, the sunset or the twilight. And they thought that, Hey, we need to keep these lights on right now, uh, you know, to make things look, I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal was, but the crowd really did hijack the, uh, the match at that point. And it's too bad. That was that was actually a good match, but you know that's that's what anyone's going to remember about it is is the crowd hijacking it. Yeah, well, I guess it's. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add about WrestleMania. <laughs> for, something that was, for something that was boring and not too exciting and overly long, it was, it, it 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 almost makes sense that that's our recap. <laughs> Well, I just one uh, one last thing about the the Kofi Kingston title win over Daniel Bryan. Oh, and, sure. You know, as as a as a black man, I'm supposed to be very happy and excited and talk about how big of a of a moment that was, and and it was, and the match was really really good. 
there's still just something, um, you know, again, being cynical about the whole thing. The way they decided to build that thing by having Kofi jump through all of these hoops for no reason, uh, that Vince McMahon just decided that he had to run a gauntlet and decided that that wasn't good enough and that he had to, his tag team mates had to run now run a gauntlet to get him in. <clears throat> I just didn't, I, it really made a, made a sour taste in my mouth that that's the direction that they decided to go was to have the, the all powerful owner uh, decided this is all, this is what you have to do to earn this title shot. And, and no one else has ever had to go through all of that to, to earn, just to earn a title shot, but he had to prove himself because no one thought he was worthy enough. And it's like, Oh, you know, so it's great that he won. Um, it's great that he got all the, the you deserve it chance. And it's great that he got his family in the ring and then got to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And his kids were be, uh, bouncing on a turnbuckle and all that stuff. Yeah. So I still think he's going to lose it back to Daniel Bryan, like in two weeks. Uh, I still think it's ultimately just going to be a, a, a footnote, uh, but Hey, he got his moment and, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him because he really did go, you know, 11 years in WWE, uh, you know, without really having anything close to this kind of success, uh, but just always did his thing and was, was the, uh, the the good soldier. Uh, so good for him. I, I think I saw him at a restaurant a few years ago down here in Memphis that I, when I was having an, uh, an anniversary dinner with my wife. I saw a guy that looked exactly like him from behind, you know, the dreads and the, the broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, that's got to be him. But I didn't have the guts to go up and, try to see if it was him or introduce myself. Cause if it, if it wasn't, then it'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were someone famous. <laughs> and if it was, and if it was him, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your dinner because I'm a big Mark and I'm a wrestling fan. Uh, so I just didn't, I just avoided it altogether. But anyway, um, so happy, to, happy for Kofi, happy that finally somebody uh, 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 that looks like me gets to, to be champion. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, well, and that's okay because you you have the unique you have the unique perspective of being able to complain either way. <laughs> because if he had lost, it you know so yeah that that's why I noticed one of your uh, one of your posts um, about it. You know, it was like well they all the, the all whitey basically in in a nicer sense. You didn't quite say that. It was a little <laughs> little. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're all racist. Um, <laughs> but I can, you know, but, oh, no, you, you can't be racist, right? Because of whatever. Okay. Um, but you said that, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. So what if you would have lost? I felt that was, that was the initial takeaway I got from that. So it's like, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm speaking truth to power. No, you're not. You're Jay Mariotti. Oh, oh dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, don't ever compare me to that guy. So yeah, when I saw that post here, I was like, "Yep, that's typical. That's a White Sox fan post right there." <laughs> Guy who couldn't even that's, enjoy his own World Series. That's because uh, he wrote them off. Right? No, no, that's uh, uh, that's more accurate than you think. Because I actually wrote a blog post the night that the White Sox won the World Series. <laughs> uh, you know, basically talking shit to like Cub fans that this is the worst thing you could possibly hope for, and then you know, suck on it, that type of thing. Uh, yeah, not even enjoying which, the winning, but but, right, but thinking which, about which, some which other. Proves my point about White Sox fans that they're more, they're more, <laughs> you know, they're more obsessed with the Cubs 
than they are with the White. That's why I think there were a lot of people who, when the White Sox won the World Series, of people, you know, the quote unquote White Sox fans, it was it wasn't more about like look at us, we won. It was like let's let's rub it in those Cubs fans' faces. Like okay. But the last thing I was thinking when the Cubs won the World Series was, man, I need to rub this in the faces of White Sox <laughs> fans right now. No, I, I understand. It was, uh, and that's kind of what being a Sox fan feels like a, a little bit. It's just, you know, you, you're always feel like you're fighting for respect. You always feel like you're, hey, we're we're over here too. You know, the, the Chicago hasn't won a World Series since 1908. You know, um, hello. Hey, over here. See, I could I could laugh at that. Yes, you can. I can laugh at that because that because that's funny, because it, it was you know not funny you know from the angle of you know I you know I like it because they're shitting on the White Sox. It's funny from the angle that you know that basically that's a Cubs town and the everything that the White Sox do just doesn't count. Right. Um, it's so different like, with the Mets and the Yankees, right? I mean, you got it's got to be the same feeling with the Clippers and the Lakers or the Mets. Yeah, Mets and the anywhere where you've got two teams in one town, and one of them is clearly the dominant team, and the other one always kind of feels like the little brother. Um, you know, it's like, oh, come on, I want respect. <laughs> right. No, that, that's exactly how it is. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the WrestleMania recap, which went a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. We haven't gotten in, at all into uh, the actual uh, fantasy baseball draft weekend, which uh, so yeah. you're, you're, I, I, the the title of the show, by the way, refers to that because of what you told me that your wife told you as you were leaving. I was yes. ready to go to the draft. Yeah, no, my wife, uh, my wife's advice to me as I was leaving for Chicago was uh, don't don't get the players that Dre wants. Don't Pretty listen don't, to Dre. Don't listen to Dre. Whatever, whatever he says, uh, do the opposite. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the, Appreciate the, it. The prob- problem with that is uh, you and I actually kind of kind of liked some of the same guys this year that, that we ended up buying on the team, and um, as is usual, we're always working from our uh, from our from our super secret, uh, you know, locked away uh, pitching file that we we cannot explain. Um, proprietary for list. The, yes, the proprietary list that's, that you put a lot of work and effort into, and uh, as it stands, excuse me, as it stands right now, is 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 doing a good job. That, that you know, and we we stick to a we stick to a very uh, uh, strict plan when it comes to half of our squad um, that, that somehow allows us to not have to overspend for that category and allows us to, to throw more money at the hitting. And as of this, you know, as of April 15th, oh, well, long way to go. As of April 15th, it looks, it, you know, the, the early returns have been uh, fairly positive. So we're, we're, we're definitely in the top two or three uh, teams uh, so far to start the season. Things have, things have looked good, but it's so, it's so far away from, even beginning to think about um, what the quality of this squad will be at the end of the year. That's why I don't get too I don't get too in depth um, this early. You don't even really start to see the standings shake out until at least Memorial Day. You don't really start to see a lot of trading in the league until about you know about the same time. And every once in a while, we see a, a big trade in May. Somebody just knows they're out of it, and then they they dump big in May. Um, usually <laughs> he's not usually dumping that early. Uh, oh. 
if anything, he he holds on to players for for too long. He'll go to he'll go to the trade fest in uh, at the end of July and, and not trade anybody. So we'll see. He's in last place right now, so I'm sure he's. Uh... Oh wait, I'm sorry. He moved up into a tie for last place as we speak right now. Live, he's. Oh, here comes loser. He's hard charging. It is very early, but you'd rather have guys looking good early than getting shelled like some of these guys are. So, you know, it's it's better than the alternative. And we've had our share of guys go out and get bombed, and guys who haven't looked that great. But they, no, there've been there've been some. You know, some of these guys who are running around out there with you know fifteen ERAs and twelve ERAs, and then <laughs> Chris Sale. And what's wrong with Chris Sale? Yeah, it's April fifteenth. That's what's wrong with Chris Sale. Chris Sale could finish the year with a 2.8 ERA <laughs> because it is Wouldn't a surprise. long. It's a very long year. So yes, uh, while while I'm, I'm always I'm always optimistic because I, I you know I, I think we did a good job. You never you never really know. All it takes is a, a broken leg or a, a Tommy John surgery. It, it it doesn't take much to uh, all of a sudden torpedo a season um, where, where all that counts are the stats. So I'm, I'm excited, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how we're looking come, you know, Memorial Day. And as we start getting into the summer and I start, the excitement starts to build. I mean, last year, uh, famously, we were, I was contemplating uh, dumping our team because we were in eighth place midway through June. And, you know, the team then went on a three-week tear um, to, to, to sort of catapult way ahead of everybody and into first place. And we never looked back. I mean, it could have it could have been me just sending an impulsive email to somebody thinking about this year and that last year could have never happened. So you never know. So all these teams who are sitting there right now in in, in the bottom, you know, it could just be you have a whole lot of guys that are playing shitty right now. And the weather's going to warm up and balls are going to start flying and it changes quick. Yeah, so we had a, another fun Draft day with all the guys, another fun auction. Uh, any of the uh, little inside jokes or happenings there that, that were memorable? Uh, I'm having trouble remembering them at the moment, but I'm sure if you bring them up, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. We did, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad this year. Um, my favorite moment was the uh, – of course, you know when the commissioner of the league completely stopped the uh, mallet from going down. Oh yeah, on <laughs> a player because he wasn't sure which team had the bid, which I'm not sure is relevant. <laughs> and, uh, and I gave it to him a couple of times the rest of the uh, the rest of the evening when it was like, you know, go in once, go in twice, and all of a sudden he's just like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, who has the bid? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I compared that to uh, in wrestling if the referee is going one, two, and someone slides into the ring to stop the ref's hand from coming down for three. It just delays everything. It's like that's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. But so, it worked. That was, but that was. I mean, it didn't end up causing any you know major problems in the in the long run. But it was a, it was definitely a funny moment. That was that was my favorite uh, funny moment of the draft. The, the, you know, just the hold hold everything moment that we would, I've never seen that in seventeen <laughs> years of doing that. 
the, the who has the who has the pit, and then all of a sudden everything just stopped, and then the auctioneer actually took the time to stop and tell the commissioner <laughs> who had the bid, and then so that he could throw in another bid, and now instead of just you know going once, going twice, sold, it probably was 15 seconds later before <laughs> it ended up happening. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty funny. That it, I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose, but if he would have, that would have been a great delaying tactic by by commission. <laughs> So, you know, if you're if you're if it's on 18 and you're not sure if you want to go to 19, instead of making that decision, going once, going twice, you yeah. go. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's got the high bid? And it, it buys you some more seconds to think about if you want to keep going. So, and, and the I, best I part it was it was it really was such a low dollar value. It was like it, the, the bid was at like five. <laughs> But we got to remember that next year. If, if we, if you want to take a take a few extra seconds on yeah. a bid, and you, instead of uh, deciding to throw out another bid, you just go, "Wait, who's got the high bid?" Yeah, this guy's stats are loading up fast enough on my phone. <laughs> you got to pull a division, diversionary tactic quick. Who's got the high bid? Yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah, uh, so that was it. Was a, it was a good time. I'm actually finally in possession. First time I've ever actually been in possession of the trophy, which is proudly displayed in my living room. And uh, my, my daughter's heavy, apparently, man. yeah, my daughter's apparently very proud of it because uh, as soon as uh, and if we had a visitor, uh, Trinity had to very quickly point out Daddy's baseball trophy. <laughs> oh, Daddy plays baseball, really? Oh, no, yeah. no. Well, of course, you know she was part of last season because she went to the trade fest with me. So, so she feels a special bond, apparently, a special connection now to. Yeah. To to the to the baseball winnings. So no, she's very very proud of her dad for getting the giant baseball trophy that that our team name is on three times now. And now, if you lose it the year that I go and she didn't go, now she's going to be very mad at Uncle Dre. Ah, well, you know I'm. The one thing that's very hard to do, and you can see it because when you look at the trophy, it's got the team winners on it. Yeah, great. Not a lot of repeats. Not a lot of repeats. So very hard to do. It doesn't, you know, so if we, there's no shame in finishing, you know, third. (laughs) (laughs) I would not, I would not consider that a, a massive failure because the system is not set up for us to prosper. You know, it, it is very punishing uh, to a team that does everything it takes to win because you end up basically selling your future to the the lower place teams who are now acquiring a lot of your better low price players trying to, you know, move up it, it, just like it should be. It, it very much mirrors the real game of baseball. So if we're able to uh, somehow pull off the miracle and repeat and get, you know, go back to back I, I'd be stunned at the same time this is why I don't have a, a team in the league because I don't I still don't quite even grasp it after even after 18 whatever years I still don't quite understand how it's that difficult to to repeat or to keep a really good team because it's a keeper I keep thinking to myself it's a keeper league you get good players and then you keep them and you keep <laughs> winning and that's just it should work that way I would think but it doesn't quite work that way. Right, but if you're not making the moves to acquire those better players, then the teams behind you are going to do that, and they're going to pass you by. Because there's always that train of thinking that says, well, I'm in first place for a reason. I'm in first place because of these guys. Why should I trade them? But when you enter on, you know, when it's a rotisserie format and you're looking at, you know, sure, you might be in first place, but now all of a sudden there's a, 
a team that you've noticed over the last three weeks is just like sneaking up on you, you know, or there's a couple of like a, a bunch of uh, teams that are all of a sudden getting hot. And so you was like, okay, I've now I've got a lot of points in jeopardy. So now I need to make the moves to either keep those points or add to a lead or catch another team and, you know, shore up this category. Yeah. It, 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 it's very hard to just, you know, walk out of there with a team and then be like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> now I'm done. Okay. I win. But, but, okay. So, but I guess go back to, uh, to to your actual team, and now I'm done. So so tell me who again the I, I know, but tell me who you're who you kept from the the team that dominated and won last year. Who's once again from that team on your team again this year? Uh, and then when you say those players, then all you got to do is fill in around those guys uh, in the auction draft, and and that should be. Uh, the the road to victory again. So who are the actual yeah. keepers that you? So let's see. So let's with the pitching. We kept three pitchers. Now keep in mind you need nine, right? Right. We kept three. We kept Trevor Bauer. Uh, He's still good. Yeah, Raldus Chapman. He's still good. And Carlos Rodon, who you are not a fan of, but who has pitched very well so far this year. I'm. Just, I, I think he's potentially good. I, he, he walks too many guys for me, but yeah. I, I see his potential. But okay. Right. And again, people keep in mind this is a keeper league with salaries. Carlos Rodon is a three dollar player, so there, there, there's a there's a strategy involved to that too. Uh, let's see. Uh, the great Max Stassi, he's a buck, <laughs> who's been terrible so far this year. Um, we traded for Heimer Candelario. We traded. Uh, we have Matt Chapman, Mookie Betts, Joey Gallo, and uh, Yonder Alonso. Those are our hitters that we kept. That was the core that we started with. Okay, so the last few of those that you kind of almost buried the lead there of Mookie Betts, who's the MVP uh, or an MVP caliber like, player. So like, just absolutely <laughs> terrible. Uh, what he's going to do by the end of the year is going to rival once again MVP numbers. Right. Uh, and Joey Gallo, who's going to be close to the league leaders in home runs, if not leading the league. Uh, yes, I uh, believe he homered tonight again. So in a three-hit performance, which is rare. Right. So that that's why I'm thinking. Just okay. You, you, the core is there, and it's damn good. Uh, so just fill it, you know, a, a, a potential Cy yeah. Young candidate in, in the rotation, uh, one of the greatest closers of all time, uh, an MVP, and a potential home run champion. All you do is fill back around uh, around that, and you got another title, right? It, it's so easy. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> and again, so this is easy. why I don't have a team in the league. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it, it 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 really is not easy because you can you can swing and miss it, guys, uh, very easily in this league. So, and we, we've done it. Uh, I think we've oh, yeah. we've talked we've walked into that with more solid keepers, I think, and just completely shit the bed when it got to the actual uh, drafting of the team, or you get a bunch of guys who get hurt. It it, it, it can it can go south on you uh, very fast. 
Again, I, I'm uh, acting like a complete rube uh, just to prove the point <laughs> that it should be so easy. You get the good talent and you keep them, but yeah. I know better. I, I know how. No, and we were. Uh, I was. I was. You know, and of course, of our players that we bought, the one that I was the most high on was Domingo Santana. Anybody who has been watching baseball for the first three weeks uh, knows who he is. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> didn't play. He played part time last year. The year before, I believe, hit 30 home runs. And uh, they, you know, the Brewers didn't need him anymore. He gets shipped up off to Seattle, and he's tearing the cover off the baseball. Yes. So I, I like seeing that too for a guy who's changed leagues and is still tearing the cover off the ball because usually you don't expect that. Uh, but the way he swings, he, he's he's going to tear the cover off no matter where he goes because he's ex- an extremely aggressive swinger. Yeah, and all fields. So that's a guy who doesn't. Uh, you know, just uh, not straight pull hitter. He'll have power to all fields. So I was, it was very uh, probably the one player I had to target on. And uh, from there, we just we worked our pitching list. And so far, uh, with some mixed results, but mostly solid, I would say. Well, my one of my favorite towards the top of every pitching category, <laughs> except for saves, uh, because we only have the one closer. Yeah. But one of my favorite moments of the auction was a guy that we never even talked about, and we both kind of turned to each other and said, ooh, I like him. Ooh, I like him too. Let's go after him. And we wind up getting him, and so far it's worked out really good, and that would be uh, – god damn it, it's late in my Tyler brain. Tyler broke. That, you're, giving, yeah. you're telling the Tyler Glasnow story. Yeah, a guy who actually somehow uh, also by mistake did not make it onto our list. Hmm, I wonder why I, I well I have to go back and check why but but you might yeah if you actually go back and uh some of it could be um how much work he had out of the pen last right. year but all the measurables and everything that you would look at um which we, we which we can't go over here on the show um we, proprietary we don't want that information it is, it is it is it's very super secret you know some yes. of your mob nobody sourced, else some of your mob sourced stats <laughs> Baseball Info Solutions is a very reputable organization, sir. I'll have you know. So, uh, funny thing happened today. I was watching baseball, and uh, I had this funny thought all of a sudden. like, man, this 42 guy is really good. (laughs) And then you kept saying that for every game because it it was amazing. All the 42s are really good. Forty-two is just crushing it, man. That pitcher <laughs> at forty-two is just terrible. Did you see that catch the forty-two made? Yeah, I'm glad this wasn't the day I decided to take my kids to their first baseball game. Daddy, why is everyone wearing forty-two? <laughs> you see that guy right there? Sitting? Forty-two. Which one? Oh, what? Oh no. <laughs> They're all forty-two. Okay, so folks, memo to parents out there, folks. Uh, you know, people, if you're gonna take your kids. Their first ever baseball game. Don't do it on Jackie Robinson Day. Just say it. Don't don't do it on April fifteenth. Don't don't yeah. do that. I mean, it's still good to take them once they understand the game, and you could you could you know you could actually give them the history lesson. But I would say not a good not a good experience if you're taking them to their first action. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I guess I'm just being uh, cynical, Dre tonight, but. I'm I'm over that stunt. That's I I understand uh, why they did it, and I and I respect why they did it. They're trying to make it very. We're all Jackie Robinson. We're all you know, but we're, really we're not. 
a good number of those guys wearing that 42 would just as rather spit on it than anything else. They just can't say that right now, but I, I, it's a stunt and, and it's, it's fine, but I'm, I'm over it. I don't really, uh, they don't have to, if they keep doing that every year, can you, I, I, it's hard to imagine in 2050 that they're still uh, wearing 42 on, on April 15th. Can you, can you, can you imagine that you're the Brewers and you got to watch Josh Hader wearing Jackie Robinson's number? Just, just saying. <laughs> A very good example of somebody that would just as, as soon probably piss on the yeah, thing. The as, guy as that didn't have this back when, like, John Rocker was playing. Oh. oh, oh, he would have some thoughts about it, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, might have taken yeah. a knife to it or, or something. Watch what you put out on Twitter, kids. Uh-huh, always. Um, so the the one other thing about the uh, uh, draft weekend that we uh, got to spend some time together was watching some of the the March Madness tournament, which yeah. allows me to bring up our our, our March Madness. I hate to give uh, a plug to Buffalo Wild Wings because <laughs> we have one here where I live, but man, it's never it, it, it I've never had it as good as what we had just in Skokie, Illinois. I agree. I don't know what it was about it, but the last. Probably ten times I've gone to Buffalo Wild Wings. Most of them have been here in Memphis, but also up in Chicago. Uh, they've kind of sucked. But, yeah, uh, it's kind of chewy, and you know, it, it's it's inoffensive. It, it's inoffensive food. You know what you're going to get. But man, those wings were good. And, and yours were the the actual wing wings, and mine were the, the boneless wings. But they I, were I, very. I only do boneless. I don't do regular wings. I only do boneless. Oh, okay. I think loser was doing the. Yeah. Loser bone in, the bone-in wings. Yeah, I do the boneless okay. ones, and they were they, they were shredding. And that man, that chicken was good. But yes, no, the the March badness was uh, that was that was some fun. It was wild. Uh, I'm so mad that that Purdue could have easily won and, and somehow found a way to lose because I had Purdue, of course, uh, going to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that guy. Um, again, it's late, and my brain is breaking. Uh, but but he, the guy that couldn't miss, the guy that every shot he took was was wet. Uh, was it Carson Edwards? Is that his name from Purdue? Uh, the one who put up forty two. Yeah, man, he was that was that was a we we were watching that performance and it was it was special. He was just pulling up and and just jacking it in your face all night long, and it, that that was one of those special performances that you're going to remember. And it, it's just a shame that it couldn't have been topped off with an actual victory, uh, if, if not for a lucky sort of bounce on a missed free throw where they able to the get the ball back and, and put it in to, to send it to overtime. Um, but, man, I, I thought Purdue had that game won, uh, but that did not work out that way. But nonetheless, I'm still happy to, despite losing that, uh, uh, still happy to say that I was able to win the, uh, the March badness bracket between you and me. Uh, a fairly had, slip margin this year. I mean, you basically had two teams get one more game further than I did, and that was it. That was that was that was that was the win. <laughs> if I had forty-one correct picks to your thirty-six, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like I trounced you at all. Um, but it, it was uh, it was uh, the tournament itself was. If, if very we were using the old. Uh, underdog scoring point system that that, that uh, <laughs> I probably would have beaten you because I had way more upsets um, early in the tournament that, that did come through. So I, I did have a little bit more of the upset action early 
even though I wasn't winning all the picks, I was I was pulling off some thirteens and twelves and um doing pretty good with those that would have scored me some points. But uh nope, you 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 had the, the two teams, uh your two of your final four teams made it uh one more game past once mine all were gone. So I I was sad. Not really. I, I actually don't care. No, I, I know you weren't that sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm lording it over you. Just... No, I only had five total picks less than you who studied and researched. and Yeah. You know, I don't feel so bad at all. <laughs> well, yeah, that, for some reason, that tournament was a lot more uh, interesting and exciting than it normally is. I don't know uh, exactly what to... Yeah exciting than it should have been because there was a little bit of controversy uh, in those last two games, uh, especially both of them surrounding Virginia. The, the officiating? Uh, yes. If officiating has sort of become the bugaboo now uh, to most sports, hasn't it? Sure feels that way. There's a, there's a lot of games and, and outcomes that are going yeah, uh, uh, a different way thanks to some of the bad calls being made. You have the uh, well, especially now that we have all the technology to see how bad the officiating is. You have the the bad calls or or crazy because of shenanigans at the two uh, for the two Virginia games in the final four, and then in the championship, you had the the, the weird Ron Culpa incidents going on this year in baseball, and it, it just yeah. it, it's just very strange. Uh, the, the strike zone I've been watching, actually, I'm, I'm still watching pitches thrown right down the middle, but because the catcher sets up outside, they call it a ball, even though when you look at it, it's right down the middle. Yeah, it's aggravating. It's just, yeah. you, you see how bad some of those calls are, and it's right there in front of you, and it's like, how do they not know that they're that far off? Like, what are they doing? And this is yeah. supposed to be the best of the best. It's the best of the best. I watched the I watched a Cubs game when they were in Texas, uh, when in Cole Hamill's start, and the, the ump was squeezing him so hard, and you could just see the frustration, and it, all these balls are are nicking the zone, and they're they're good strikes, and uh, he just ends up you know laying one right down the middle. Uh, thankfully, to Delano Shields, who I own on my team, who hits a grand slam off of him, and it, it, yeah, it, you know, and then the, the, the players are chirping at the umps, and you know all this controversy. You have the stuff with football. Every sport. I mean, how sad is it that basketball is the one that hasn't been marred by this lately? I mean, like NBA, which is the worst. All right, that starts our VIP after show, which we may report or may not. We'll later. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the NBA uh, playoff officiating so far, there's been some calls that oh, have some players have just erupted. Yeah, I, I just saw uh, the, the 76ers are playing earlier, and J.J. Redick, of all people, like just exploded on a referee and could have been thrown out, but he, he got the one technical and just kept going because that's how bad some of these calls are. Um, and, and now with the instant replay in the NBA, it, that's – now creeping in and it's making it uh, almost like an NFL game where all this action is happening. You got to just come to a complete stop while they go over and review. Was that elbow intentional or was it intentional and excessive or was it just a regular foul or what? So now we were checking all that out. And it, it's uh, that was it, it's bad. probably that was probably the biggest problem that I had with the March Madness 
what the what the officiating was how all the stops oh. the stoppages and how long they were and just the flow of the game that it took you out of and it's like you just knew that the final four minutes of every single one of those games was going to take a half an hour yes exactly right and so they, not, they, not only do you have all the teams where they're hacking each other to send people to the free throw line which stops everything and timeouts and then you have every possible, like every ball that goes out of bounds, they have to check to see if maybe it grazed ever so lovingly yeah. off of fingertip. <laughs> which, you know, I liked that at the end of the, uh, was it the championship game where all the replays eventually finally showed that they probably made the right call, but people were still mad about it. They were, they were mad that they got the right call. It, it, the whole process is very frustrating. Something's going to have to change with that. It, it just it takes too long, and it's uh, and, and and as for like you said, some of the most mundane calls, like out of bounds, uh, with, you know, with 15 seconds left, and it's a seven point game. Like who cares? Just make a call and, and let's go. Let's finish this up. Uh, yeah, Auburn got what uh, they think they got robbed, and then Charles Barkley wanted to cry and all that, and. Uh, it's it's a little out of control with, with some of the uh, uh, decisions that these refs have to make uh, with the with the instant replay. Like, there's got to be a way to make it like tennis. I, I keep saying this, but you think about the replay system in tennis. Every replay takes like eight seconds. Like, here it is. Here's the replay. It's in or out, and let's keep it moving. And nobody argues. And, yeah, because it's right there. It's it's. it's Right there for you. There's no, there's nothing to argue. If it, if it says it's out, it's out. If it says it's in, it's in. Which is why the the strike zone one for baseball seems like it should be the easiest one to to fix. Yeah. Strike or not, that's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> you get the robot system, and and it might be ninety four percent accurate, but yeah. that's better than what. What do you think Joe West's accuracy is? You think it's ninety four percent? Because I'm no. thinking it's. I think it's more like 49 if you want. I think it's closer to 49 to 94 myself. Yeah. It's not even so much that. It's that it's not that you can miss an occasional ball or strike. It's when you miss the big ones or the ones that change the at-bat that changes the whole game. Yeah. That that, that it yeah. really uh, – that, that it's magnified more. You know, like in football, we've all seen blown pass interference calls, but how many have we seen at the end of the NFC Championship? Uh, not too many <laughs> that are that are that blatant. Now, now to the point where they're like, "Well, yeah, sure, you can challenge pass interference." That's you want to do? Wow, just wait for that. <laughs> yeah, you we think, haven't talked about that. Woo. You think the, the, the back end of a college uh, basketball game is rough? Wait until we start getting Alberto Riverone trying to tell us what's pass interference <laughs> or not. Uh, and also wait until the uh, Sean Payton is out of challenges and another oh. blatant missed call happens and he can't challenge it anymore. Yeah. And it happens at the 205 mark. So since it's not within the recording, <laughs> it's not automatically reviewed. His face is going to turn purple before our eyes. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> not for him. No, uh, we'll actually, we'll actually watch a player uh, or a coach have a heart attack right on the field and die. 
But yeah, you, you, uh, the new the points of emphasis. The the football season is far from starting, but we're uh, we know about some of those rule changes that have already been implemented that are going to be able to challenge pass interference uh, from uh, from this point forward. Which is uh, you would think good because if they missed it and they have a chance to correct it, that's always good. But at the same time, that's one of those calls that's very subjective, like there's contact on just about every pass route. And now you want to determine what's enough contact to cause interference and what's just incidental. And you got to try to slow it down and figure it out. And uh, that's a potential for a disaster right there. Yeah. And I, you know, I'd be better. I think they should just make pass interference, just less punishing the, the, the spot of the foul thing on a, on the you know the, the whole Tom Brady offense is just close your eyes and, and and throw a lame duck up there hoping that the you know defender somehow uh, runs into the receiver because the ball's thrown so short that the, you should not be rewarded for that. You were looking for the college rule where it's fifteen yards and not the it shot of the foul. Be, I'd be I'd be much more. Uh, I'd feel much better about that rule. Plus, I think that would encourage more pass interference, which, you know, why, why is that so bad? <laughs> I mean, guy knows his feet. Run up and tackle him. That's why I don't, that's why I would not necessarily be in favor of it. I understand your point about it's not fair to just be in trouble running away from the oh, pass so rush and calls. chuck so it up. That, yeah, there's just so many of them that are bad calls for pass interference or where, where clearly it, it does, it's called where it's not to the intent or you have that one was at uh, Steelers was Steelers down in New Orleans where somebody got called for a pass interference. And it was just clearly not. And it caused them to like, right, the right there, lose, like lose, help lose the game. I mean, it was so bad. No, I, I understand. All like 10, you know, you know, somebody threw it like ten dollars. Breeze threw it like ten feet over the receiver's head, and the guy just literally <laughs> right. just jumped up for it. No, no contact at all, and they called pass interference. So these yeah. refs are just sort of programmed to throw the flag, even even if they don't see something, they throw the flag. Like the uh, like the Tom Brady thing with the roughing the passer in the AFC Championship, where the ref who threw the flag claimed he, who basically admitted he didn't even see it. But because somebody was swiping at Tom Brady, that means they must have roughed yeah. him. Yeah, because he saw the hand kind of go by his head. That just that, that was enough to make him throw a flag. That that probably changed the course of that game. Now that should be reviewable. Oh man, that's what I mean. I see. That's where I fall on the just let them review anything they want to. Right. So why just pass interference? Oh, because that's the call de jour. Because that's the one they screwed up. Well, just wait. It's going to be another one. <laughs> That's the hot button issue at the moment, yes. Yeah. So, oh, well, we we blew it on an obvious defensive pass interference, so now we should just let that be reviewable. But all these other calls that we blow or that we don't see, those are fine. <laughs> uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the uh, the new football rules once the season starts approaching. We've got a long way to go before that. Uh, of course, next week, it's time for the draft. It's time for – uh, our, our our draft aftermath, uh, which takes place the night of the draft, which is I believe Thursday the twenty fifth. So we'll be on uh, 
somewhere during the first round there, nine o'clock central time, I believe, is when we go uh, on the well, air. It's a Thursday. I would have to do ten o'clock because I work late. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not actually home uh, for the draft on Thursday or Friday. So I'll I mean I'll be home, but I'll be home from work late. So I, I can do I can do ten o'clock either Thursday or Friday, or we could do the draft aftermath aftermath because didn't something happen last year that we had to do? <laughs> yes, we had connection issues. Oh yeah, that was probably one of. The- worst ones ever so we're coming up on a <laughs> yeah. kind of a, a sad anniversary when we actually had to do a, a recap recap show <laughs> we did we had to do an aftermath aftermath Traffic. Uh, <laughs> so what uh so what are we doing we're not gonna uh do the first the night of the first or second round you want to just go do the weekend and, and recap it the, recap the whole draft basically oh ooh, we could do grades we're not doing grades. <laughs> oh, man. Mike Mayock would be so disappointed in us. We're not doing draft grades for two days after the draft. That would be absolutely asinine. Um, but, yeah, if, if Thursday and I, Friday are that. Yeah, I believe I'm okay just to give my mouth an, another extra two days of rest. Um, after ah. I listen to the show, I'm um, – having some, some, some oral surgery tomorrow. So I'm sure I'll be all right, but the, it's supposed to be something that keeps you sore for, for a little while. So a um, couple extra days of rest and doing the show more at a normal, you know, decent time on a, let's say Saturday. Uh, we could then do a nine o'clock show if we want to do Saturday night. Okay. That will be uh, what we do then Saturday, next Saturday night, <clears throat> excuse me, the 27th. Uh, at nine o'clock, we'll have our draft aftermath, and then we can talk about not just the first night of coverage, but also the second night. Uh, if we, you know, we probably won't be watching all of the second night, but uh, you know, bits and pieces here and there, we can talk about the, that di- those different coverages. Me, of course, covering the NFL Network angle, and you covering the ESPN coverage. I'll be, yeah, I'll be definitely watching the first round on ABC because I know there's simulcasting. Right. Round one, and then I'll see how much I'm able to catch of rounds uh, two on. But other than just commenting on the media angle or the coverage or, hey, let's let's cut to some high school in Oklahoma so some kid can <laughs> give us a call. Yeah, once you get into the second rounds on and they start doing, like, the gimmicky stuff with the picks, I, I really start to check out. Like, I don't care. Let's go to the Cincinnati Zoo where Nancy yeah. the Ostrich is going to shit out an egg and it's going to have to know the name of the uh, the next draft pick for the Bengals. Yeah. Wait, how did the Ostrich know? Um, the Ostrich has, uh, has, yeah. has Adam Schefter on speed dial and it gets all the inside tips. And we can also spend a, a decent amount of time on Saturday crapping all over Kyler Murray because I have a feeling that, that we're going to be headed that way. <laughs> We, and, and I kind of don't want to crap on the kid because he's good. It's just the guy. Where did he Kyler come Murray, from? Kyler Murray, uh, if you translate his name into another language, I believe is Black Johnny Menzel. <laughs> I hope he's not that bad. I hope he's no. Uh, I don't think I hope... he's that bad, but I do believe that from an undeserving side, 
like there's going to be teams that get some of these lower down quarterbacks like Dwayne Haskins or this Drew Locke and these guys. There's going to be teams that scoop up those guys that are probably going to end up in a much better spot. I tell you what, my hatred of Johnny football came really on the night of the draft when I saw the highlight package that they decided to put together for him when he got drafted. It was awful. And I'm like, like, none of those plays are going to work in the NFL. No, no, we, we were very, uh, we were very spot on on that show talking about the highlight package of him just closing his eyes and throwing up the ball deep and letting his (laughs) receiver go fight for the ball. And that makes you a number one. No, I don't think Kyler Murray is that bad. He clearly showed the ability and he could make the plays, but don't no, they got to stop with this, you know, guy who has like the last four or five weeks of the season. He's super hot because nobody had him, and nobody was talking about him for the Heisman. It came out of nowhere really, for that. Came out of nowhere for the Heisman, and then all of a sudden, oh, therefore he must be the number one pick. Yeah, and, and it um, just it just really feels like it's destined for. Uh, for failure. I could be wrong. Well, I mean, we, we're wrong all the time on this show, but you mean I'm uh, never right. right. Come but, on. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, we're right. When we're right, we're really right. Cause we won't let you forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Ray Mysterio's ankle. Never going to let you forget that. <laughs> the, the two wrestling experts were like, no, no, no. I think you're seeing things. And now I was all over that. <laughs> You you had that. I believe you had that one. I, I can't. So, so that it's funny from. that you actually had that in your notes or something. To I was, uh, it was mentally, I was going to definitely give you your props for, for calling that because when I uh, when I was reading all week that not only was it uh, a serious ankle injury, but that he was basically a game time decision for WrestleMania. I was like, oh shit, he he, he really yeah. was hurt. Wow, <laughs> Jason nailed that one. <laughs> That's why people, you know, people who were really into the know on wrestling, that's why they listen to this show for my stunning, <laughs> my stunning in-depth analysis uh, with the, I don't really care about it at all. Angle <laughs> the non, well, what, what did you say? I should, should have the non wrestling fans wrestling blog that I should have started. Yeah. It'd be very popular. It'd be coming from a whole different perspective. Yes. So it's like, I watch this because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's my take on it. Rey Mysterio got hurt, and none of you saw it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, so yeah, I don't want to say we're going to crap all over Kyler Murray because he's a bad player. So I, maybe that's a, so maybe Johnny Football is a bad analogy. And I don't want to go to Mark Sanchez, ah. um, which is another recent uh, example of, you know, not recent, but, you know, definitely within our – memories of somebody who flew way up the board for like no apparent reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like you saw him play in college and you, and you did not think that he was worthy of being, what was Sanchez five overall? Way too high. Yeah. <laughs> way too well, high. Like yeah, like, to the no. point where we were all over that as soon as it happened, like what that guy, right. Like right. you no. just drafted him because he would look good on the front of the program. Hey, look, Buster, that man took the New York Jets to two AFC title games. Had nothing to do with his defense at all. That man did it. Mark Sanchez did that. He did. You can never take that away from him. 
if you listen to ESPN and all the, the other media outlets, Mark Sanchez took the Jets to two AFC title games. Like he's right. must be a very good quarterback. And you and I are both like. Do you remember, do you remember when Tim, Tim Tebow had uh, more hey, playoff Tim wins for the Denver defeated. Broncos than Peyton Manning? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! That was God. a thing. That was a it thing. It was. Tim Tebow defeated <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers in a playoff game. Never sure been able did. to take that from them. They can't take it away. And I had it. I believe I had that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. Ugh. That that was. Came home from work to to see the game go to overtime. Couldn't first of all, couldn't believe it was going to overtime. I believe uh, Denver was one of those like ridiculous home underdogs in the playoffs, it's like oh, 10, yeah. nine or ten point dogs at home to the Steelers. So shocked as hell that it's going to overtime, but they're not going to cover. And then sit down in front of the TV just in time for him to throw that that lob to to Marius Thomas that probably should have been picked off. That Demarius yanks down and, and was able to dance and avoid tackles and, and go for the touchdown and win the game. It was like, what? What <laughs> am I watching? Oh my god! And then, in about then, probably another ten seconds later, your phone's ringing, <laughs> and you're letting me know all about it. Yeah, that's right. Did oh. you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, I'm sure we'll get in uh, into the draft. So yeah, so so whoever's picking two. Uh, we'll have Nick Bosa fall in their lap. Is basically what we're looking at. And he'll uh, throw the uh, the team's hat down when he gets up there, so he can put on his MAGA hat. And uh, so he's the 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 guy du jour now, the the the, the Trump supporter of the draft. So we got that angle going. That feels oh, like that's sure. being that feels like that's being built like a wrestling angle more than anything else. Like now we got our heel. We we got our bad guy. You know, we get get people to tune in to see the the, the bad guy in the draft now, and, uh, uh, whatever. So, <laughs> oh, so we should also, you know, what they should, you know, what they should also have. They should have a like where you could bet in Vegas, you know, with odds like a, almost like a prop bet, like who's gonna get popped for like the big Twitter explosion the day of the draft. Who's going to get caught smoking out of a bong on, on Instagram yeah. the day of the draft? Yeah, who's, or who's going to pull the Josh Allen, you know, where you get their old racist tweets come back? And, right, right. I mean, well, we've we had – That's Bosa, right? That, that's already it? happened. Yeah, oh. that, would, that would be – because he, he took down all his tweets. He took down all of his references to to the Obama and, and black people and all this. Oh. So he's he, – he, he was going to be the next John Rocker, but he chickened out and took all this stuff oh, down. Oh, he's starting the purge early. Yes, his people got to him early and said, okay, you need to get rid of that shit because this isn't going to look good. <laughs> it's a bad look. <laughs> so so he, he's he's basically that guy. Uh, but, yeah, there's still a lot of time for somebody to eclipse him. There, there's plenty yes. of time for somebody to get arrested. Uh, maybe somebody right. will pull a... So maybe somebody pull a Bob Kraft this year and get arrested for for trying to solicit somebody or something. We, oh, that's you know, we, a good one. They can always or, mix or we, it up. There's yeah, or some domestic violence. We, there's something coming. Ah, somebody knocking out a woman in a bar. We haven't had that in a while. Somebody pull a Joe Mixon. Uh, there, there's plenty of time for all of that to happen. So yeah. So who will be the guy? Because it's going to happen. The kid from the oh, was it the was it who was the kid from the Raiders two years ago? Um, that was the big one. The was that Gary and Conley? 
Oh, the Ohio State cornerback. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> that he slid way down because some something that popped up literally like the morning of the draft. Like this was supposed <laughs> to be this kid's day, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to happen. That's the drama now that we get to watch as we get into the first round of the draft. So who's the one that's going to get popped for something? It's going to be some type of an insensitive tweet or or a domestic abuse or. Cheerleaders got, you know, taken the test, so there was like a violation. There was a crab leg incident. <laughs> we'll who's see. Who's going to be caught stuffing crab legs into their pans and trying to run out of a, out of a Publix? <laughs> well, that wouldn't be me because I have a shellfish allergy, so. Uh-oh. That wouldn't you? be a pretty sight. No, I'm here. I, I just... Trying to oh. crap out on me. I don't know yeah. why it's, it's so blinking. I think we, it's it's. Uh, yeah, that's a sign. You're you're cutting out too. So yeah, I think we'll we'll call it. Okay. All right, get ready to join us for our draft aftermath. Now it's going to be next Saturday night, uh, April the twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen. We'll be reviewing the happenings around the coverage of the two thousand nineteen NFL draft taking place from Nashville, Tennessee. Good old Nashville. Uh, so we'll have all of them coming to you next Saturday, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. So thank you for joining us on our long, long, uh, extended uh, two-hour show tonight, our, our recap of our Chicago weekend and March Madness and WrestleMania uh, recaps along the way as well. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Kings of Non Sequitur, the all-season version of in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening and join us once again for our draft aftermath show next Saturday night as we get ready for another NFL draft and who's going to be the bad guy in this draft and who's going to be the crazy uh, domestic violence guy and all that is there's plenty of time for all that to develop. So we'll see how that all shakes down and we'll talk to you next Saturday night. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.